Cineboys to Cinemen, episode 11. Hello. Hi there. Hope you're well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. We're back. It's been a short hiatus. Yeah, a but, brief. But, you know, for, for the fans out there, probably felt a lot longer for yeah, them, I'd yeah. have thought. Years. Decades. Years. Decades, <laughs> yeah. We are back this week to talk about John Wick, Chapter 4. Yeah. A film that I think sort of casting my memory back to all those decades ago um, <laughs> when we were mentioning in our outro that we were going to be discussing this film. When I sort of listened back to it, I, I got this sense maybe that we were almost gearing up to be disappointed by it, weren't we, a little bit? Yeah, because... For I, some reason. Well, I think back that back then there wasn't that much reviews out and there not a lot of opinion had been kind of stated about it. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking like, Christ, cause we're kind of hung up on the length, I think. It's fucking long. It so, is a longie, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was worried about that a lot, so I was quite apprehensive at the time. But um, We're yeah. sort of happy to say, actually, that uh, our worries were... Unfounded. Unfounded, yeah. yeah. Unfounded. It was actually a very enjoyable film. Yeah, really good. Really enjoyed it. I'll uh, leave it at that for now. Yes, yeah, let's Keep not, let's not blow our beans too early, Dor, yeah, shall yeah. we? Keanu Reeves' performance was... <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we're going to be talking, of course, or waxing lyrical, I should say, about uh, John Wick Chapter 4. Obviously not without its issues, mm. uh, but a film that largely delivers on pretty much everything that we've come to expect from the franchise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, as it's about action cinema, of course, we're going to dabble a little bit in that. I know we've talked about this in different guises, you know, through canon and other things, but I think it's interesting to talk specifically about... Uh, Western action cinema and how the East essentially put us on the path to having films like John Wick. Yeah, yeah. So without further ado, uh, let's um, load our Glock 17s and get into it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have to sort of clarify, actually, uh, just before we get into the into the real meat of it, that I only, we listen back to our own voices for quality control purposes. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, spend my whole time just listening to ourselves talk about films. Absolutely not. Unless yet. I'm making love. Yeah, no, no, that's which different. Which is, yeah, which is... You I, know, think, I think our listeners will understand. Yeah, yeah I think, I think, that's yeah. Fine. That's yeah. the primary reason I think anyone listens. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> John Wick then. Yes. Before we get into that, uh, as we alluded to in the intro, I want to sort of preface that discussion by talking about how the East saved... Western action cinema. Mm, okay. Because I think if you chart the, the genre through the through the decades, it's that Eastern influence that gets us to the point we are now, particularly with these sort of high prestige, mm. slick action films like John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think one of the key things that Eastern action cinema gave to the West was this way that it encouraged people not to be over-reliant on editing. Yes, so typically a lot of Western action films... And by this isn't to say that Western action films are devoid of brilliance. There are some great Western action oh, films yeah. that are maybe not great necessarily for the technical side, but for other things like, mm. I don't know... Like well, a, editing. Well, editing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so exactly. It's yeah. not that they're badly edited. No. They're just, it's just... It, it's a trick. Yeah. You know? And that's what... I mean, film is essentially a trick, isn't it? So yeah. basically a lot of Western action films would hire people not on the basis of their proficiency with firearms or weaponry or a martial art but because yeah. of who they are mm, yeah. their ability to act for yeah, example yeah, yeah. Uh, which know. isn't always mutually exclusive with action stars as, as we've discussed before yeah no you know they're, they're chosen for that so obviously when the film gets down and dirty and the action starts you've mm. got an actor that might not necessarily have the uh, the abilities that his character might suggest 
or, or require him to have. Yeah. So you get tight close-ups, rapid editing, mm. and these things obscure the fact that it clearly either isn't him yeah. or he isn't very good at whatever it is he's doing. Yeah, no. Um, the, the franchise that springs to mind, which is particularly guilty of that, and this isn't to say that Matt Damon isn't very good at you know that kind of sort of fighting style, but the Bourne, the Bourne films yeah. are really bad for quick, fast, choppy editing. I mean, Greengrass's style is just so... I mean, it, you know, it's exhausting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like nothing... Everything is in motion, but that includes the camera. Yeah. And it, that can work, but it doesn't lend itself to... It, it's not graceful at all. No. Um, unlike a film like... I don't know, I, this is just off the top of my head, like House of Flying Daggers, which is like the <laughs> right, exact okay. opposite. Yeah. The camera yeah. is always either still or moving or it's like a steady cam or moving on a dolly and it's capturing the action like you know in a wide and mm. you know it's the same thing with comedy they say like comedy happens in the wide shot it's the same with a lot of yeah I feel yeah, like yeah. a lot of like, action scenes and- yeah you're right and I think particularly when, with the Bourne series I mean I guess there's an argument that the sort of rapid camera movement and the editing speaks to the sort of thematic intention of the film it would of course being about yeah. The shadowy nature of sort of secret service work and all that, and yeah. everyone's always watching, and the, mm. the seldom time to breathe, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. but I agree. I, I think that broadly, obviously, like I said, there's plenty of great action Western action films, but I'm thinking more like the the cookie cutter stuff, the stuff that is sort of just churned out, mm. um, and is typically the action sequences are, are sort of the foundational work behind these action sequences the rapid cuts mm. the tight close-ups it's the influence of eastern action cinema that says well hang on a minute you don't necessarily need to do that yeah yeah you can a keep the camera far more static i mean you mentioned highest of flying daggers there you know it's a you yeah. know great sort of perhaps more familiar example of, i think of so yeah um, i'm less familiar with sort of eastern action cinema than i think you are so that was the one that just kind yeah of no absolutely i think you're yeah. right yeah yeah i just to preface, I love like Hong Kong action cinema, yeah, like, yeah. like a huge chunk of my Blu-ray collection, which I always have to mention for, this, <laughs> for some reason. Uh, is, is is Hong Kong action cinema? I just yeah. love it. So you know, I, I I've got an erection. <laughs> um, no, I think you know it's it's just it encourages this idea that actually there's talent here that you can mine from. You know, there are people mm-hmm. that can do the martial arts. And why should the why should their skills be cheapened by this rapid cutting style, this these close ups? And of course, the films still utilise those techniques. It's not that they don't, mm. but there's this preference for like as you said with comedy, it's all about the wide. And it's yeah, the same yeah. with action cinema, getting things in single takes and in wide shots. It's so impressive. Yeah, uh, and it it just it just signifies to the audience like this is this is real. This really happened. Yeah. on an actual either stage or even perhaps on location. Um, and actually, I mean, just as a, as a sort of slight aside, I'm fairly sure it's cheaper in the long run. And the, the reason it's cheaper is because it's all happening in pre-production, right? So you've got rehearsal time, which all you need is, yeah, you need your actor. So you have to pay them for an extra couple of mm. weeks or a couple of months if they're if it's like a heavy sort of training schedule. But all you need is like a warehouse somewhere. You don't need a big crew. And you don't need to feed that many people. So you can just do extensive rehearsal get it right on the day because you've planned and then the editing process which can be quite expensive in itself is is shortened as well because it's just you know, it's there <laughs> yeah i've not thought um, about that as it maybe i mean yeah maybe there is a sort of economic benefit as well alongside yeah, to, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know that for sure but i can just 
just thinking about it, it seems like it would be the cheaper way to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not so sure either, but I'd get behind that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Let's say it's true. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> no one could tell us. We, no, no, no. Uh, this series is full of errors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get film dates wrong, we get actors and actresses' yeah, yeah. names wrong. Control, we're, yeah, yeah we <laughs> shit. No, I, I, I think there probably is some truth to that. Mm. Um, but I think it also just gives action cinema a greater sense of artistry. Yeah, yeah. Because it's more about the relationship between the camera and the action. Mm, you know, yeah. it's not just about getting like a one close-up of a guy getting punched and then cutting to something else. It's yeah, about... Yeah, yeah. You know how are we going to stage this sequence to take in as much as we can of this of these two, or in many cases, ten, twenty, thirty different yeah. people, all with their own talent, yeah, all engaging in this sort of ridiculously planned and structured fight sequences. I just think it's, I just think it's one of the the, the one of the greatest things. You, you know, a great action film that is shot like that and made like that is just one of the most um, captivating and enjoying ways to experience cinema what cinema has to offer yeah definitely yeah um, i mean it's it's so much more rewarding definitely and i forgot about that largely until i watched john wick chapter mm, four again i was like mm. oh, this is i mean you can tell it's directed by a stunt coordinator yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah because it's just the camera isn't doing much at all i mean it's not it's still beautifully shot but it's not relying like you say on post-production to enhance much apart from the sound is probably like massive, yeah. massively kind of like structured, but yeah, it's wonderful just to see it all all there in front of you. Mm, agreed. A one filmmaker I sort of think would epitomise someone who brings the stylistic this style over to America is John Woo. Okay. Yes. So you know, John Woo famously started out making sort of wuxia martial arts movies, and then he starts making action films. I mean, he probably peaked in Hong Kong with uh, Hard Boiled. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is just, for me, one of the great action films, one of the greatest action films ever made. Yeah. And again, it's all about this, you know, the, the onus is not just on the camera, but it's about blocking and, and these long takes mm. and meticulous planning. And, you know, and it's funny with, with these films, there is so much destruction. Um, <laughs> but to do that properly, there is so much artistry and so much planning and so much yeah. dedication. And obviously he loves his, you know, his slow motion, his use of doves. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, you know, John Woo has tremendous success in Hong Kong and then he's, he bought, comes over to America and he starts implementing these same techniques in Western films with Western action stars. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, he, I think, I, I'm not sure 100% if it is his first film, but one of the first films he made was Hard Target. I don't know if you've seen that with... Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme oh I've not but I have heard of it yeah, yeah yeah so it's sort of like a Cajun I think I think he plays some sort of Cajun uh, <laughs> sort of badass martial artist with probably the best mullet of his career except for maybe Time Cop <laughs> okay. um, and um, it's just yeah it's got all the hallmarks of John Woo obviously you know John Woo has to bend the knee to some extent to western conventions because at the end of the day you know they want to sell tickets to a western audience so they're going to be perhaps a little bit less concerned with some of the artistry than eastern audiences might be mm. he did mission impossible too didn't he He did yes uh he which, did i mean that might have kick-started i know obviously it wasn't the first film in the franchise that was de palma wasn't it but yeah. um you know that whole thing with the mission impossible franchise was the it's staple and it's kind of um 
bread and butter is the realism, right? And the stunt, the fact that the stunts are yeah. real, that's almost yeah, yeah. like an advertising point of like, oh, what has Tom Cruise tried to do yeah. to himself this time? Um, and you never know, he might have influenced that a little bit. Cause, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a shame that it's not really the best. No. <laughs> it's probably the weakest Mission Impossible film. Yeah, I remember the, the Grand Canyon stuff was all quite death death-defying. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God, vertigo I, kind of thing. I wonder how much of it is him though you know yeah i mean i'm not not necessarily just giving him like a free pass because it's john weary and i love his films and it's all too easy to say it was someone else but it i don't know like if you look at his other work i think maybe with a franchise like that and with people like tom cruise involved i think maybe there's a bit more politics Mm, there potentially yeah uh (laughs) cinnaboy's the cinema exclusive yeah (laughs) john we were shat on yeah not by anyone not literally i mean (laughs) metaphorically (laughs) He might have been, I don't know. Um, It's all guesswork from when you're sat in a living room, thousands of miles away from Hollywood, with no connection to John Woo, Tom Cruise, or indeed anyone in the film industry. (laughs) Um, No smoke without fire, though. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, so John Woo, obviously, yes, he makes these films. I mean, Hard Target's great. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. I think it's one of Van Damme's early film roles. Again, he's coming over to America as well from his native Belgium. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, he's got obviously a background in martial arts. You know, like he, you know, he does the splits obviously all the time in his films. <laughs> and, and you know, and he starts building, and then of course you get films. I'm sort of jumping ahead a little bit here, but you get films like Face Off. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Which Face Off is a pretty sort of ridiculously Hollywood in lots of ways. Yeah, yeah. But there's lots of motifs of John uh, Woo's work in there. Yeah. you know the sort of face stroking and the slow motion and the gunfights i mean he, you know the way he frames particularly gunfights i mean he started off in wuxia martial arts films that were pretty good like mm. really good you know he's 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 probably most famed for the the, the balletic way that he frames gunfights yeah have you seen hard-boiled no, I've not seen Hard Boiled. Oh, mate, I'll Sorry. lend it to you. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, um, it, it, you know, you just, as soon as you see that, it, everything just clicks into place. You're like, yeah, John Wick is... You know. Is it similar? Is it it's a police thing? Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's a sort of one of those classic sort of Hong Kong sort of things where it's like cops, criminals, and the way yeah. they sort of interweave, and then there's just <laughs> some ridiculous action suits. Chow Yun-Fat. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. fucking phenomenal in it, but... And you see that in Face Off. I mean, Face Off's excellent. I love Face Off. Yeah, no, I enjoy um, Face Off. Good. But the action, you can just see that the slow motion. There's just more finesse to the mm. action sequences. Like, if I think about something like, I mean, I know it's a bit earlier, but Commando. Right, yeah. I love Commando. Like, Commando is like one of my top 20 films. Like, I'm not with, with I'm, and I say that with absolute sincerity. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's not really like a well shot movie. It's not like slick. No, I feel like a lot of the set pieces, they put the camera somewhere and then they just told the camera operator, follow what happens. Yeah, they yeah. They didn't like, but even, yeah, like in a film like Face Off, it's the camera moves with intention whereas yeah. Commando I remember there being a lot of stuff blowing out of a jungle like on fire and you, it's a bit shaky yeah. like, oh god I better not lose this because I'm going to lose my contract with the production company you know? yeah yeah uh, yeah I, a, I get what you mean it's about scope isn't it and it's mm. not necessarily about finesse because one it's Arnie and he's you know he's many things but he certainly isn't he doesn't have a lot of finesse does he <laughs> no he doesn't um, you know it's about the scope of the action in 80s cinema isn't it that mm. They typically build up to this crescendo where it is one man taking on an army. Yeah, yeah. Very much to suit the ideologies of the time, as we discussed in that Canon Films episode. Again, (laughs) self-advertising. So, you know, so there's a difference here in the sense that it's less about the scope. Mm. Well, no, it isn't in the sense, but it's less wide open spaces. It's more like tight, you know, buildings, factories Mm. and 
dirty sort of decaying crumbling buildings and yeah you know hundreds of people still get their faces blown off but you know it's all <laughs> tighter more controlled a lot more um in terms of like the lenses they used it seems like they're a lot more shallow focus so okay that's and that's a confidence thing because if you have a, like a kind of wide focus everything's in frame you can't lose it you can't yeah. lose the focus but with like a filmmaker like john woo i think he he's not afraid to basically have a, a focus puller there and he's like right you know get it right <laughs> yeah yeah because if you don't then it's gonna look shit but yeah I'm, i refuse to shoot with kind of these uh wide angle lenses i don't know I, that, that's just only from memory but i do remember those that kind of thing enhancing what's on, on in the foreground and what's in the background so, yeah 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 I, yeah I agree to the best of my limited technical knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and then i i guess like we'd sort of there's not really like a I don't want to sort of go through every single film so there'll probably definitely films we've missed out and mm. again I want to point out that this isn't a me or you I think yeah. <laughs> shitting on western action cinema like we fucking love it openly. oh yeah yeah um, like I love the Bourne films by the way like I yeah, really enjoy I like, them yeah I like the really first good. couple yeah and yeah. you know so it's not that you know that, that there isn't space for that approach because that comes with its own merit definitely. and its own um, its own qualities I guess I sort of was trying to think of an action film since John Woo that really jumped out at me, and I remember the one that did was The Raid. Okay, yes. So The Raid is sort of like the revival of this notion that it's the fusion of the action talent with slick cinematography not only allows the talent to sort of showcase their ability, Mm. but also how action cinema can be sort of approached with a certain level of seriousness. Yes, definitely. that, That I think... You know, many people probably don't attribute to action cinema because we mentioned this in our uh, discussion about um, slasher films, yeah. Uh, and we talked about horror, and we said, didn't we, that horror and action tend to be the genre with sort of the most shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got the most shit because it's you bargain know, bin territory. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, like <laughs> I mean, Seagal, man. I mean, fucking oh yeah, hell. Like, yeah. I mean, he started out pretty good. Don't be wrong. I like early Seagal, but yeah, yeah some of his new films there's like a fight scene where he fights sat down on a chair Which, I mean this guy clearly doesn't give a fucking shit anymore no, you yeah. know? He just probably... and his films show it so. Oh, man. so yeah there are lots of films like that I guess the reason why The Raid was such an impactful film for me was because it sort of came out absolutely nowhere mm, yeah. I remember being really hung over and, and typically after a night out I didn't do anything you just veg <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then my mates were like oh well, do you want to go to the cinema and I was like yeah alright I, mean, yeah. I guess so <laughs> and we all why? piled on a bus and we just went and watched the raid and i'd seen like little snippets about it mm. and um went in more or less completely blind and i just came out just completely blown away yeah. sort of and immediately it made me think of john woo in a way that many action films certainly action films that we're exposed to in this sort of mainstream because yeah. this is before i went to uni and before i properly get in, got into film mm. you know you, you're only exposed to a certain kind of film if you don't go and look for it yourself yeah yeah um and the raid really sort of stood up again, like the things I've mentioned before. The idea that it's all about the ability of the martial arts and showcasing that martial arts, and also showcasing its culture. I mean, this yeah. is you know a, a style of martial arts, Indonesian. I think it is Indonesian. I was just thinking, what where, yeah. where is it originally from? Yeah, Jakarta is that the capital of Indonesia? It is. Yeah, yeah uh, so Indonesian. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if the I think the directors like. Not from Indonesia. He's Welsh. He's Welsh. That's yeah, right. yeah. But he so strange. Yeah. He was out there and he fell in love with the martial art. And this is, you know, when you think about martial arts cinema, you think about you know Chinese or Japanese martial arts. I mean, yeah. they're the two martial arts that have dominated 
certainly the cultural space since their explosion onto the scene in the late 70s 80s so yeah yeah all of a sudden you've got this different martial arts that's you know that is incredible to to, to to view obviously yeah. they they up the ante and they stylize it for the sake of entertainment yeah but um you know it just looks incredible and you know gareth edwards is clearly a student of cinema as well in the sense that the way he directs those sequences again as i mentioned earlier you know he's treating this genre with an artistry yeah yeah because there are so many films like we said that are just cookie cutter and shit straight mm. to dvd there's no point fannying around with certain styles and takes you know if steve Zagal wants to sit down i'm going to frame him sitting down you know this yeah. is going to be easy <laughs> it's a bit maybe a bit harsh to sort of go from Zagal to to to, to the raid for, for those that are emphatic Zagal fans i'm sorry but uh i like executive decision yeah <laughs> and uh under siege that's great yeah yeah, yeah. i like i like under siege um <laughs> but uh yeah no i just think it was a a real powerful moment i think it's one of those films that it transcends just being a film for people that are really into film yeah like loads of people know what the what the raid is Mm. and loads of people have seen it and everyone says the same thing yeah so it definitely has it re-energized this enthusiasm of action cinema as art and not just throw away bargain bin bollocks yeah yeah definitely i think um it's funny that The director's Welsh and yeah. it's an Indonesian film, but I think there's something in that in the in the his ability to kind of direct this very sort of niche martial art and and kind of propel it into the Western world in a yeah. very really digestible form, but without losing all the I guess the heart of <laughs> of the martial art. Like he you wouldn't he you didn't lose that. I do I love the raid as well. I thought it was just so energizing and so like invigorating um, yeah yeah really really i need to see that again the second one's quite good as well the second one's great what yeah. i love so much about the second one is that again in a way that's similar to john wick it sort of indulges everything about the original film that made it so good mm, yeah. whereas the first film is very lean and about yeah. this one you know, essentially this one uh, uncorruptible police officer storming yeah. this um <laughs> huge sort of dirty rotten complex full of you know Neither do wells. Is it neither do wells? Neither do wells. Neither do wells. And then it's very lean and everything is sort of self-contained. The sequel is just ridiculous. It's so expansive and has all of these mad sort of characters. I remember when I came out of seeing the Raid Two with the same people I'd seen Raid One with, and one of my mate, oh Jan, actually, oh right, yeah, yeah. Jan, who hopefully will be coming on soon, Ooh. Yeah, said that it's almost sort of like a wacky anime. Okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I sort of, I mean, my, my knowledge of anime is pretty limited, but I could sort of understand where he's coming from and this idea that the sort of villains and side characters are sort of characterised by the weapon they use. There's like a character called Baseball Bat Man, <laughs> Hammer Girl, you know? Yeah, and yeah. It's sort of indulging this, it, it, it still grounds itself in the gritty criminal underbelly of, uh, I think it is Jakarta, isn't it, where it's set? Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, yeah, he's yeah. in Jakarta in Indonesia. Yeah. Um, but it also has this sort of wackiness that sort of doesn't really offset it. It sort of works. Yeah, and I think that's testament to Gareth Evans. I think really. so. I think like it's bizarre that quite often when things become more expansive, it's seen as like a cash in. Yeah, and yet with franchises like The Raid and even I'd say John Wick, it just it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels yeah, like yeah. It, it's a. Uh, it's war. It's a warranted expansion of a really interesting world that was teased in the first film. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. really, yeah. I'd, I'd not considered that as a. It's mm. a really good way of phrasing it. Another good uh, Indonesian action film because what happened was was that um, obviously there was an explosion and there was an enthusiasm for it. Yeah. And, uh, and the actors from the 
uh, both so the actor from both raid films eco away i hope i'm pronouncing that probably not and joe taslim who was in the first one uh, they're in a film called the night comes for us which is on netflix which is oh, also right. really worth a pop not seen that one it's it's not as you know it's, it's very much the same Right, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's, um, again, that ridiculous... The way that... The, I think Gareth Evans also pioneered that style of just turning everything in a, in a scene mm. into some kind of weapon or something that can be thrown into or stabbed with. Or, yeah, And yeah. Uh, The Night Comes For Us is just basically that dialed up to 11, basically. <laughs> so if you go, check it out did, uh, if you haven't uh, seen it. Did, the, did you ever play Mirror's Edge? Yeah, Did it yeah. come out before or after the raid? I can't remember. I don't... I Possibly before, before yeah. yeah. I don't know. I thought maybe it would be influenced by that because it's similar in certain aspects, but maybe not. Maybe that was just like the parkour craze at that time. Yeah, two thousand and seven. So, yeah. Um, no, I just, I just think that that was the first. I mean, obviously, before that, it would have been th- films like Hard Boiled, and of course, The Matrix. I mean, you can't oh, not talk yeah, about The Matrix. Of course, I know. I completely forgot about mentioning The Matrix until just now. Yeah, that would have been embarrassing yeah. if we'd released it without talking about The <laughs> Matrix. Oh God. Oh dear. Um. Again, oh, yeah. a huge moment. And again, mm. you know, um, invited uh, Western interest more further into, East, yeah. you know, Eastern martial arts, Eastern culture. Definitely, yeah. I think the, the Matrix had a, to it as well. Yeah, the Matrix had like that philosophical edge, which I feel like took it over a little bit. Yeah. And the Eastern influence was definitely there and was meant to be sort of big, bright, colourful at the centre. But it got overshadowed a bit by the philosophy of it which is equally incredible and really well done especially in the first one in yeah. fact maybe exclusively in the first one <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah that's that's I think the difference between the Matrix and something like the Raid is it's, there's there's other stuff going on in the Matrix which enveloped it a little bit um, yeah yeah did you so that was our sort of uh, whistle stop talk through action films <laughs> but I want to sort of before we get into talking about John Wick specifically. Let's talk about the landscape of Hollywood's action outputs, mm. perhaps with some films that maybe don't hit those heights. Yeah, because uh, I know you've been uh, chomping at the bit to give some of your hot takes here. So far away. Yeah, no, it's just what you were saying before about you know films, films having the kind of the balls to take themselves seriously. Yeah, uh, I think that's actually really essential with like action cinema and. But you get other films like uh, remember Night and Day, like Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz. Oh vehicle, yeah, yeah, stuff like that, and even like the Expendables. There's that nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Like this is gonna, you know, like yeah, yeah, and Red and um, oh god, yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. It's just like there's something about those which are so almost they're not light, but they're quite like it's too it's too nostalgic I think that's what it is it's mm. too like there we go nostalgia you know, back, yeah, no, it all comes back to this it. to the boys no no it's, yeah. you're right though in this context absolutely I to bring they, it back I think they just oh, kind of they, they it suggests that there was a time a golden age which perhaps there was but it, it doesn't it doesn't feel even remotely like progressive or anything like that. Agreed. Just, um... Expendables to me will always stand out as one of the biggest wasted or missed opportunities mm. ever. Yeah. To I like, I mean, I just think again. I, I think you're right. I don't think it was treated with the sort of seriousness and so you know that it probably needed. Obviously, you want the sense of humour. It's fucking yeah, Expendables. Yeah. You you need there to be a but everything about it just felt a bit naff. Yeah, it just is a. It felt like people were coming in, turning up. Because of what they'd done in the past, and 
they weren't and just collecting a paycheck basically yeah um, apart from Stallone obviously I think it was his baby a little bit yeah he, but, he, um, he was the driving force wasn't he I mean I think yeah. what that needed was it needed some old blood behind the camera yeah someone, you know someone like Marco Lester who directed Commando someone like that would yeah, have been perfect yeah. I mean I know there's various reasons why he hasn't really been working in Hollywood a lot but John I mean, Frankenheimer someone like yeah that just well. someone that can bring a bit of gravitas to it because mm. you know like I think those action heroes deserve it. I mean, we talk about the influence of the East, and of course, a lot of those action heroes are indebted to the East because a lot of them practice martial arts from you know that that part of the world. But yeah, you know, they've definitely done more than enough from an action fan's perspective to merit this ridiculous sort of Avengers esque yeah. combination film. <laughs> uh, that was a really bad way of putting it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, always go down as missed opportunity there. I think there's a new one coming out soon. Is there? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I might have just dreamt that, which would be a shit dream, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a new one coming out. Like, oh, maybe that maybe they'll get it right this time. Yeah, like, yeah. Expendables five. It's like when you sort of when you're a kid and you wake up thinking it's Christmas, it's like oh. July. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel every time I wake up oh, and there's like, no expendable sequel. Yeah, you're like you think it's Saturday and it's Wednesday. Oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's even worse on a Thursday, I think. Yeah. You're, you're tantalisingly close. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, yeah, a bit of a tangent there. Uh, but no, I, do, I think those kind of films were becoming a bit... And even Taken did it. Like, do you know... Yeah, you yeah. the first one, and that was kind of in a similar-ish vein to John Wick in that it got people interested in action yeah. cinema again. And it was a, an actor who... Had previously, you may have maybe having a bit of a career slump, and it was the, just the sort of thing he needed. But then I remember the sequels just being like, again, like winking at you, being yeah. like, remember, you know, this is this is all happening again, and we're aware of it. And I'm like, well, it's sort of the film that's transformed his trajectory as an actor because for a while he was in like things like Schindler's List and I all know, that, and now yeah. he's like, just seems to be again, like almost very close to being a bargain bin basement yeah. action star. Yeah, no. This is when he comes out and gets an Oscar-winning performance, and, like, oh, and yeah. we're fucking idiots for not noticing. The trailer it, but... will come out tomorrow for a film yeah, that yeah, changes yeah. his career forever. Yeah. <laughs> or we've just missed a film. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to put that in there just to sort of. Uh... He was he was Aslan as well, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Oscar that never was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think you're right, and they're interesting examples uh, of films that clearly try and sort of generate their own energy either through the legacy of the people they've got involved yeah. or through sort of tacking on comedy and all this mm. sort of stuff. But yeah, there's loads of those. Staying with action cinema, Western action cinema and some of its shitter elements, Yeah, I want to pose something to you um, okay. about... So the recently, the fairly recently, there was a debate circling especially around the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. A franchise that started off as sort of like car porn for the chavs school you hated <laughs> yes <laughs> and then it slowly became it's sort of self-aware stupid action series yeah expensive set pieces yeah that just stuff, sort of yeah. you know again not necessarily shot with the same finesse as eastern action cinema by any stretch no however that's not really the point of fast and furious so i don't think yeah. it's worth it's difficult to do that with cars yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not really it, that's not the series's bread and butter so i'm not going to criticize it for that what i am going to criticize it for is the egos of the stars involved. Right, yeah. Because if it's one thing that Eastern Action Cinema does so brilliantly, if I think about films like The Police Police Story, 1, 2, and 3, mm. you know, Jackie Chan. Uh, Jackie Chan doesn't direct the third one, but I mean, the, there's a lack of ego yeah. in the way that the films are made. I'm not <laughs> saying if there's people might not have egos away from the film, <laughs> but what I mean is the way these films are made, 
these people are prepared to fucking suffer for the art of what they're making. Yeah. So, and there's no ego. You know, people get fucking thrown through windows, mm. like lobbed off. You know, you, you know, you've seen the videos, I'm sure, of Jackie Chan reading off this sort of exhaustive list of injuries that he's had in his career. You know, yeah. he's sort of emblematic of that approach to action cinema from the East, which is, you know, we're making a movie. There's no, it's not about ego. It's about entertainment. Yeah. And artistry and craft. Mm. Whereas... Western action films, or particularly in the context of uh, the Fast and Furious films, so you've got people like uh, Vin Diesel, Jason Statham, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now, yeah. I know everyone thinks Dwayne The Rock Johnson shits gold. Yeah. Uh, he seems to have this sort of weird energy field around him. And I don't dislike him. I mean, the guy was a fucking childhood hero of mine, you know, for anyone that was into wrestling. Yeah. He's no stone cold, but, you know, he was close. <laughs> but it's like they've all got these things written into their contracts that they count the amount of punches they receive. Yeah. How do you think that impacts the films in terms of their overall enjoyment if there's this sort of ego between these big characters um, that sort of prevents them from really getting into the nitty-gritty of it, you know? Yeah, I, I think the main problem is they're ignoring the fact that filmmaking is collaborative. Like again, the the ego thing. It's not all about you. It's about the story. And in order for a story to be exciting, if someone's got to lose, you yeah, know? yeah, someone has to be thrown through a window. Someone has to be battered in the face, and like, and that can make for some really impactful scenes. Like you know, you fall down, you get back up again. That's yeah, like a, yeah. a really important plot point in a lot of action films. Definitely in John Wick. Mm, you know, mm, it's mm. he's not invincible. He's not like a kind of concrete built bloke is he he's no. he's got a weakness he's fre- flesh and blood and it the films aren't afraid of sort of portraying that no and it's just it's a real shame i think because these you know, i think it happened a lot more in the later films like when the rock came on and jason statham came on on board it was like all of a sudden it became a, a kind of a, a very male like who's the biggest man, kind of thing. Yeah, he's the all... biggest star. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it and... became yeah a bit of a dick swinging contest, didn't it? Both yeah. in 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 the context of the film itself, which mm. kind of works given what the, the sort of values of the film are in terms of that sort of dick swinging and that sort of jokey, yeah, yeah, blokiness. But but yeah, those films have always been mired by those problems, haven't they? Like I think so. Egos it's... trying to assert a certain level of dominance on the basis of who's more of a draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bizarre, because it's like you're making the same film. Yeah, like... yeah. It's mutually beneficial to all of you if you just fucking, you know... Yeah, just maybe just get along and <laughs> and and choreograph scenes in advance and say, right, you're going to be... You know, if you're worried about looking bad on the screen... Discuss it beforehand, and maybe there can be a way where, yeah, you do lose, but there could be a redemptive arc there, and that is mm. that can that can make you look good. It's yeah. just strange to me how like there's just a, a focus on winning and doing nothing but winning, and, and I think the only things that ever really get destroyed in the film are vehicles. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, obviously there are sort of characters who die in it and characters who leave. But um, never big ones. No, never, never no, the main ones. No way. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I've I'd lost. I lost touch with that franchise a while ago. There's how many are there now? Is there ten? Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's nine. I haven't seen. I've seen all of them up to nine. Mm. Um, because it is just a franchise. I find I'm not sort of trying to give it some intellectual gravitas to justify why I'm watching it. I do enjoy the yeah. stupidity of them and yeah. yeah. Um, when it's a space one, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, the ego of of them is mental, and I think that's part of the thing I found so captivating about it. It's just a group of really 
powerful men in Hollywood all sort of fighting over the same carcass. Yeah. Uh, mm. Some biomechanical carcass. Yeah, and they're all yeah. trying to like, I don't know, and it's fucking weird. And I think you're right. I, I think it devalues the whole notion of not only filmmaking as a collaborative process, which I'm sure all of them subscribe to, but I yeah. just think that attitude, I just find it really creepy when, you know, they go around always talking about how humble they are. And yet in situations like that, they just, I don't know, this is sort of going a bit further. This is going maybe into like more sort of like a comment on the nature of celebrity, which is something I really feel comfortable <laughs> doing. But yeah. um, I don't know, I just think it's a bit, it makes me feel, it makes me feel like a certain oddness towards them. Yes. You know, I think they, they just have this this sort of impenetrable sort of godlike mm. thing that we tend to put, particularly on people like The Rock. I mean, yeah. Vin Diesel, I mean... You know, he's obviously this is the one franchise that he's holding on to like yeah, a motherfucker, yeah. isn't it? Oh I mean, I'm God, I'm, yeah. I'm amazed that he's prepared to finish it. Yeah, because he doesn't. You know, apart from being a tree in a Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> there's not really a lot else. <laughs> or maybe Riddick or Triple X. You know, yeah, that he's done sequels to them recently and they haven't performed no. brilliantly. And then he did that Bloodshot film, which wasn't. Uh, by all accounts, wasn't great. I haven't seen it, but yeah. yeah. Again, I'm not laying into. It. I don't really have that much of a strong opinion about him either way. But um, mm. yeah, I just I don't know. I think it's really weird that that happens, and I think it's a problem that yeah. I hope doesn't dog action cinema further because I don't know. Or maybe it's maybe it's ridiculous to get too hung up on it on the basis that Fast and Furious is never, as we alluded to earlier, gonna it never pretends to be this sort of. Um, yeah, prestige action prestige, film. No. But there are you know, if there's if there's no one if the punches never land, where there are the stakes? Like I just Yeah, like, yeah. That's the big problem with it. The yeah. stakes are so minimal. I don't know. I've got a lot of stuff I want to say about Fast and Furious, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but yeah. uh <laughs> I would perhaps save that for when the films come out. I think there's one coming out this year. Again, maybe I dreamt it. Maybe the same night I dreamt the dreamt the Expendables dream. I might have dreamt the, the same thing. I think okay. it is coming or out. Or in the actually. same dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you wake up naked? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. Yeah. In the middle of a like the Avon in a canoe, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I saw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just an interesting side point. I think mm. worth mentioning. Definitely. Shall in we? Context of John Wick for sure. Yeah, because yeah. it it it. it, it all that does for me is elevate John Wick more. Completely, yeah, yeah. Because the first John Wick film, franchise talk now, yeah, was again another real sort of surprise shot in the arm, wasn't it? Yeah, man. Yeah, big time. I remember when that came out and everyone was talking about it, like mm. out of nowhere. And I remember thinking, like, Keanu Reeves, really? Mm. Like he's done a he's done a fair few of these now, and they all seem to come and go really quickly. Uh, yeah, by then, the Matrix. I mean, there's yeah, not a lot exactly. Else. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking, like, I thought he was done for. Uh, but I went to see it with Dan actually in Falmouth. Um, Dan McKenzie, our little shout out there, ah uh, yes, uh, fellow Cineboy, and he was like, "No man, go and see it. It's really good." And he'd seen it once already, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, well, if, if he's willing to see it twice, I'll go along with him." I was like, "Blown away! It's great. Yeah. Really, really, um, just simple, stripped down. The stakes are and this is going back to kind of what we're saying about stakes and kind of plot and how and." the way you sort of project your, you know, the, the way tension is built effectively. They're always with him. They're with him and his feelings towards, in this case, it's a car and the dog, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's enough for you to be invested in his, mm. this guy's journey. There's no, like, world-ending, sort of bombastic kind of, like, oh, this building or this country is going to get blown up unless he does this. It's like, yeah, no, you yeah. just care about the fact 
that he wants to save his car and like the dog's already been killed as well that's yeah. the thing apparently that was one of the things that they really grappled with though like they really grappled with in the sort of script stages do we kill the dog or not oh wow okay. and they went with it which i think was quite a bold move because the studio i think it was lionsgate uh was they were all saying like you have to have something for him to chase that isn't a car. Uh, <laughs> okay. They wanted it to be the dog, and um, the screenwriters were like, "No, no, no, we've got to kill the dog. We've got to, this. Has got to be an emotional journey for him." So yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Sorry, uh, went off on one. There. No, no, <laughs> I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's weird that dogs seem to have like almost more value in cinema than human beings. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think it is interesting that that leanness. Um, well, I remember what struck me so much about it. I think, weirdly, I didn't see it at the cinema. I think I... Funnily enough, I think I watched it in your old uni house okay. for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Right. I imagine that um, we bought it... Because the Phoenix was showing it... The Phoenix and Falmouth, this is... I think it was like showing it as a kind of... It'd been out for a while, and I'd missed it. And Dan was yeah. like, let's go and watch it again. It oh, like one okay. Re- one of those re-release things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is odd. But uh, it probably was already out on like blu-ray or dvd okay so because yeah, yeah that's right and i remember yeah again the same as you thinking well you know i mean i'm not gonna write john reeves off because i've always sort of quite liked him mm. uh even even when he's not at his best like the day the earth stood still yeah and yeah stuff, and he yeah. you know he, he he swung a lot and he didn't always land you yeah think, you no. know and you know, never lost the... that passion though and that's why no that's it yeah yeah. Um, and I was just blown away. What I find really interesting about his performance in the film, which I think becomes more heightened as the films go on, and weirdly yeah. doesn't ever become to the to the franchises or to his detriment, is that his performance sort of feels like a reflection of the sort of um, shit he gets for being a terrible actor. <laughs> yeah. So all the okay. things that people say about Keanu Reeves being wooden, yeah, it just feels like he's taken all of that and harnessed it into this lean performance which is not only perfect for an action film yeah but it works and that word meta's coming back oh baby <laughs> it gives it that meta thing you know i mean you know i'm hesitant to sort of i won't use it often i promise but uh, it, yeah no no but, but you know i mean it gives it this sort of yeah. this edge it's sort mm. of him saying yeah all right fuck you know fuck this you know this is this is how i do things and i'm going to double down on the things that everyone criticizes me yeah, for. yeah and it just i don't know it sort of gives that the film a sense of humour yeah but which, not in the nudge nudge wink, no, wink way at no all. no it's never totally self it properly takes self seriously and I love that about it's Mike. also a similar approach to performance that is shared with lots of the side characters so mm. like Lance Reddick R.I.P yeah man uh, yeah. that came out of nowhere didn't it I know yeah, yeah. It's really shit, real shit. Um, but uh, he embodies that as well that sort of like stoicism yeah and I don't know like I just think that's a really interesting way to sort of take to approach it I remember that really striking a chord with me Mm. on the basis that he you know he gets you know you mention his name and he just gets so much flack for the way he acts and I know yeah I think it's quite yeah I just think it's quite funny that he uses that to spearhead his sort of revival It's, it's kind of on the back of that just briefly I want to talk about that a lot of uh actors in recent years of experience a kind of a resurgence right so off the top of my head you've got like matthew mcconaughey matthew naissance as i like to call <laughs> it brendan fraser obviously the phrase naissance yeah yeah um m night Shyamalan, not an actor but as a director i feel like he's that there's a kind of um resurgence there zach yeah. efron robert pattinson and uh this is a 90s one. John Travolta, briefly, with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. briefly, his career was kind of briefly revived. Like Mickey Rourke with The Wrestler. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Some, sometimes the, the, 
it's a more of a, a mountain ridge that sometimes it's a peak and then a big fucking <laughs> drop again. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. Do you think that that, that trend is a you know result of compassion or you know like kind of let's give them another chance or do you think it is actually down to sort of hidden skills that they weren't harnessing before? I think that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's. It, it's very not sort of cop out, but it's individual, isn't it? To each, yeah. I yeah. think if you look at the case, I don't know, like Fraser, because you know, uh, it gives us another opportunity to self-reference ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but oh, you know, episode we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that film, uh, <laughs> an aquatic mammal? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's um, you know, in his case, I think he clearly always had the talent. It's just never really being given the proper way to express it. Mm, yeah. Um, if you think about someone like Brian Cranston as well, like I'm obviously like with um, the Cranstonaissance. The Cranstonaissance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> although you could argue with him, he's never been. I mean, I haven't even fucking finished Breaking Bad, which I know is a card in the scene. You say that to people, yeah. and they just look at you like you've backed over their dog in the driveway. <laughs> um, but like with him, like obviously he was in Malcolm in the Middle, which is excellent, which is you know a huge sort of touchstone yeah. for many people certainly of our generation oh, he's definitely. excellent in that he's hilarious yeah, yeah. very good no one would have I'm not sure if people necessarily would have said it but they wouldn't have expected him to become this like one of the most sort of alongside uh, James Gandolfini yeah. and maybe a couple of others the sort of poster boys for the renaissance of television yeah hero villain yeah like interesting yeah yeah. kind of thing yeah so like i feel like a lot of these actors clearly have already got the chops yeah but it's about the opportunities that they are given and and maybe the decisions they make as well i mean you get many actors that are probably quite talented that Mm. that end up we talk about liam neeson we spoke about him already like he's clearly a decent actor you know and he's got it in him and I know he did Silence, which is, I guess, fairly recent in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, yeah. you know, since then, I've only ever seen him. And like, when I look through Netflix, which I know isn't necessarily representative of his entire career, but there's a lot of shit on there that he's yeah. involved in. And yeah. a lot, I don't a lot know. Of ta- a lot of kind of taken imitators. Yeah, yeah. And he's in them. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing? Like, That's you so clearly, weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's bizarre. Um, but you no, know, I think it's interesting... Uh, Particularly in the sense with John Wick, yeah. uh, or Keanu Reeves, mm. uh, that's his real name, <laughs> is that you know he's using what his detractors say about him to propel him forward. You know, and yeah. I think that's really interesting. I, lo- I love how he did. He didn't. He's a really humble guy, like in interviews and stuff. He didn't ever broadcast how just how grueling it was to kind of embody that character. Yeah, um, he really went for a shitload of training. Apparently, he was ill for a lot of the nightclub fight in the first film. He had like the flu, and he kept he like being sick in the corner, coming back like, "No, I want to do it again. I want to do it yeah, again." Yeah, yeah, And to to have that dedication without that ego is really unique, I think. And that was possibly, you know, the the kind of the humbleness bleeds through in interviews and the testimonials, like from the filmmakers, just explaining just how dedicated he was. That I think really helped with his career revival as well. Yeah, just yeah. a kind of. Um, a revelation of just how nice and how dedicated and how fucking professional he turned out to be. Mm. Who would have thought it, right? We talk about that yeah. deprival of eagle, eagle. Depri- deprival of eagles. Yeah. There's no eagles in the film. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, we talk about the deprival of ego in terms of the context of how he, you know what is I think is so central to the brilliance of Eastern action cinema. Mm. And obviously, you can see the fucking influence of Eastern action cinema in, yeah. in John Wick by the, the the martial arts, the yeah. the confidence in which they frame the talent. Yeah, uh, that's in, that's on screen. But I think that you're absolutely right to mention that lack of ego being central to the brilliance of this film as well. Yeah, definitely. and um, yeah, I, I really, really loved the first one, and it, you know, 
what I like about it is it's lean. Mm. So lean. I know yeah. that things get less lean as they go on. Oh, yeah, yeah, because absolutely. Because with the second one, it's you know it's opening this door to this mythology. It begins, yeah. you know, in classic sequel style, it's like we're going to mythologize the shit out of this yeah, now. Yeah. So there's going to be like this clandestine global assassination network. Yeah, slash hoteliers. Slash hoteliers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with Lovejoy in one of them for some yeah, reason. Yeah. Um, love, Lovejoy. Oh. Weirdly, what I, I think it's sort of... It's not to the film's detriment in the sequels. No, necessarily. No. The third one, I know we're jumping from two to three, but yeah. the third one's where I started. It started to get a bit irksome, like all the glow trotting and all that sort of stuff. I think this idea that the way that they mythologize things, keeping with that sort of like lack of ego and that earnestness, I think mm. the earnestness is really central. There's the earnestness in Reeves' portrayal of this character and the way it reflects the sort of negativity around his performances in films. Yeah. beforehand or the films he was involved in beforehand sorry and then there's like the just the, like you, like you pointed out the action you know it's all about you know it's all about the the, the work that goes yeah, into it yeah. not just from him but the the other action heroes that are involved or yeah. the stunt doubles or anyone that's involved oh yeah yeah definitely um the stunt work is just incredible in all of these films and i mean it's because it was directed by is it chad stileski stileski yeah stileski yeah and david leash uncredited in the first one yes um yeah they were both involved in the stunt work with the matrix films okay and uh well, he, there we go then People like make sense right it just it just shows and you can tell they've got a lot of skill behind the camera as well but i think they leave that up to their dops quite a lot and so they're involved in the choreo choreography of the action and things like that it just shows so much just mm. like mm. even the lesser scenes are still amazing compared to quite a lot of sort of yeah. other western action output yeah um i'm thinking specifically you know with the first one there's the memorable nightclub yeah. scene yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is the kind of and there's one in the fourth one as well actually yeah, um, yeah which yeah. amped up massively uh but there's also the, the bit at the beginning in the ha- in the house as well where it's, he's just dis- dispatching four or five guys who keep getting back up and smashing through mm. windows and things and that that as well as an introduction to the fighting style was just so like potent like love it yeah it is and the fighting style is really interesting it's a lot of like i mean again i'm I'm talking with absolutely no martial arts background or understanding but it's a lot of grapples and throws and it feels sort of earthy and fairly grounded yeah think about a lot of martial arts films obviously martial arts films are heightened examples of that martial art yeah um in order to make for entertainment yeah uh because even like you know i think people that are good at martial arts would attest if there are two people that are really good it doesn't yeah. often look that good when yeah. they're, when they're <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think it's you know there's a real sort of yeah gr- sort of earthiness to it mm, yeah uh, even obviously it flirts with the sort of the sort of flippy kicky stuff with some of the people he ends up fighting but it's yeah. absolutely fine because it's like they're really keen in the way that they draft in talent from other from other you know other martial arts legacies i guess okay. or action yeah. film legacies mm. um which they do really well in four which we'll talk about a little bit later on yeah two, two and three especially three um this, this personal stakes in it did take a bit of a back seat they, they were never gone and it was all still grounded and about him but it became a lot more about like the hotel yeah and the, yeah the assassin this kind of wit the criminal underworld in which seemingly everyone that is walking around can just turn into one of these people yeah, yeah, i yeah. do kind of love that and admire that about the, the film it did does sort of work that there's no police there's yeah, no police yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. and there's no doesn't seem to be the only governing body is the criminal underworld yeah right? yeah uh, what are they call the table 
is the it? table. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I thought that was great. It's so self-contained. It's not without the silliness, which I think is the, they also handle that really, really well. We talk about the sensibility and sense of humour in Keanu yeah. Reeves' performance, but I think there's just a general sense of humour. Yeah, in the way that they double down on the action sequences, they double down on the sort of hackneyed dialogue and the yeah. stilted exchanges and the sort of the fact that, you know, this, as the stakes rise, it sort of becomes a bit obscured and, and you don't really know what the real driving force is anymore. And, yeah. But yeah. it's all doubled down every time and you just think, you oh, know, fuck it. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, not here for that you no. know and there are films that try that and, and don't do that they try and think well, we're doubling down on it so we can get away with it oh, and it doesn't man. work no like imagine if even if like franchise like fast and furious introduced a suit that was bulletproof and yeah, yet yeah. was able to flap in the wind like a normal suit imagine yeah. people would call that out yeah, yeah. but even yeah. though they have a car that goes to space they're like i didn't like i didn't care much for that suit thing but somehow in john in the context of john wick i was i totally accepted that as a thing yeah i can't remember was it two or three that they introduced that yeah, bulletproof bulletproof suit. Suits. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that and the, how he blocks his face with it yeah yeah and it, it just doesn't, yeah, yeah. It's yeah great stuff um, it's great i don't know why that worked it just did somehow the they got the tone so right that they were able to introduce something as james bondy as a bulletproof suit and I was like, I bought it totally. Yeah, it. yeah, you yeah. just buy into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, I really like two as well. I think two is um, it sort of expands the mythology, but it's still fairly lean. Yeah, um, and it sort of it tries to mine his past a bit more, which is you know what I love so much. But that's where the humour is for me. It's always about how much of a fucking like nutter this guy is you mm. know he's like a god to the other yeah yeah criminals isn't he um, yeah i say keep saying criminals just as a, i don't really know what they're, they're assassins aren't they yeah um yeah. yeah and i love how I, that's a really interesting notion that these people that are out to get him kind of revere this guy and he's kind of a legend isn't yeah he? Uh, yeah a legend of the assassin underworld um it's to the one in rome yeah, that's is that it's the one where um, yeah he has that sort of uh, shootout in the underground. Yes, yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Right. That's yeah, a great. That's yeah. a really good one. Um, I agree with you that three got a bit too. I don't know. Maybe I think it came out a little bit too soon after the previous one. I feel um, personally that's the weakest one. Yeah, yeah, of, Parabellum. Of yeah, yeah, that's the only one that has the additional added <laughs> yeah. title element. Yeah, Strange. but I mean, it has great moments. Mm. Um, there's some really great action sequences. Um, you know, there's a lot. You know, they lend a lot more. I think there's a few guys, a couple of guys from the raid in it. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, which is always good, mm, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, I just remember thinking that this is great and all, but there is too much zipping around. There's too much time spent in this narrative, like going to all these places all over the world. I just felt that he was better suited in those sort of like rain-soaked, pulpy, sort of concrete jungle sort of yeah. locations. You know, that are bathed in neon or yeah, car parks with like really good lights. In yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, okay. which is interesting because now four four yes which the, the thing that struck out to me immediately I know I did catch a trailer which I try not to do anymore these days because mm, okay yeah because trailers have sort of become like a movie in themselves and obviously they give the you know the more sort of the more you know the film wants to make money the more it reveal about itself yeah yeah typically in its marketing run um but I did see a lot of scenes in like deserts again. I thought, oh, for fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't think, oh, for fuck's sake, because I was still, yeah. still going to go and watch it. But it was like, I just thought, more of that again is not what I want. Okay, But yeah. for some reason, in 4, I don't know what it was. The best way to kick off the sort of review in general, or the discussion in mm. general, is that um, it just doubles down on absolutely everything and somehow yeah. just gets away with it. 
yeah, in ways completely. that I can't quite decipher no. or understand why that it didn't. I just think, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, know, yeah. Like literally, I remember the first, the, the very first scene. He's punching that thing in that underground layer, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. And the booming, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the dr- dramatic tension was just so like, oh. yeah, uh, yeah. I'm so just amped up for some fights uh, all yeah. of a sudden, and amped for some really well choreographed scenes, and then I think. There's a switch, and I was like, I can forgive a lot here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Which is not an easy thing to do. No, no, really. And again, it's because it doesn't, it's not winking at you. It's so serious. It's like, it's telling you, like, this is the stuff that's about to happen is entirely serious. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, there's not going to be gags. Or I mean, there is a great gag at the end. Yeah. With the stairs. But, yeah, yeah. But that was, it still kind of tied into it really nicely. Um, it gives. Yeah. We sort of talked about this idea of action films as art, mm. and I think John Wick has always made a strong case for that, just in yeah. terms of the fusion of camera movement, stunt work, fight choreography, yeah. um, and how all of these different components come together to create this refined, uh, energetic, and engaging experience for the viewer. Yeah. But I think, you know, we were talking about four after we'd all seen it, and one thing we all sort of agreed on was this notion that there's almost something like the grace of like a great Buster Keaton film. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'm sort of still, I've nowhere near mind enough of his films to say, uh, speak as an expert, not that I ever would anyway, but I think, um, you know, like when I think about The General or something like that, like a a film that's just about the artistry of movement, Mm, you know, obviously they had to use that because there's no sound, but I don't know, I just feel like the great action films have that. And I think, again, we talk about this idea of, of John Wick having that wry sensibility, that sort of sense yeah. of humour. And I think that's so central to the, that feeling of harking back to this sort of like the, the artistry of movement, just it's... with more sophisticated tech. <laughs> oh man, absolutely. There's this, there's one scene that stands out to me in that respect, and that's the, the top-down scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, so not only have you got really complicated, must have taken months to like plan out and, and realise, like sort of fight choreography, like insanely complicated. You've also got... I don't know if it was enhanced. It didn't look enhanced. It looked like it was a set. Got a camera pointing bird's eye view down mm. on all the action and it never leaves the action. So they've got the the kind of the placement of the camera to consider as well. And like, it's just all so impressive. <laughs> that yeah. scene, I loved that so much. That that moment where he, he's got like a grenade launcher. It's like it. a sort yeah. of shotgun with flame rounds, like dragon breath That's rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. That's so cool. Just immediately just elevates it above so many other scenes in similar films. It's um, weird, isn't it? It's sort of, I remember thinking particularly about that scene you know, how much video games have influenced action cinema. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, obviously video games are, st- are still quite... It's very much in its infancy. You could argue cinema's in its infancy. It's not mm. not really that old. But not really, no. The idea that, like, a, a younger medium would have sort of, like, such an impact on the genre... Yeah, yeah. Or, sorry, on the medium is something that I think a lot of people perhaps don't acknowledge, but I think certainly in action cinema it's so noticeable. Oh, completely, yeah. And it's... Yeah, that scene in particular. It just felt like, yeah, like a video game, like a sequence in a video game. Yeah, the way the camera follows John around Mm. that, like... I don't even know what it is, like a kind of run-down apartment. Yeah, an abandoned apartment, yeah. Yeah, it is, and it speaks to that generation of people that are used to... I mean, used to really good graphics in video games as well. Yeah, yeah. It's not afraid to... Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. completely. Um, But it doesn't feel cheap in that 
respect. No. Like it feels no. like a homage that's really earned and has been considered really carefully. And yeah, just just genius. Um, yeah, it, very it's, good. Yeah, super good, super good stuff. That scene. Great opening fight in one of the Continental hotels as well. Oh yeah, um, that blind chap. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, Donnie Yen, played yeah, by Donnie yeah. Yen, who of course mm. is is. Um, it's weird that in his two. I think his two most recent Western uh, films, he plays a blind fella. He's oh, also really? Rogue, Rogue One. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> no, that's yeah, I mean, great. I mean, again, if you talk about the relationship between, you know, or the, how indebted uh, Western action cinema is to the East, you know, look no further than fucking Donnie Yen. The guy's a yeah. monster. Just, um, yeah. And a, a star in his own right, you know. Yeah, and it's, yeah. he, I think they, these people need to be in these films. Yeah, they do. John Wick, as we've said several times throughout, wouldn't exist without people like Donnie Yen. No. Wouldn't exist without John Woo mm. or Jackie Chan or so many of these other great martial artists and action filmmakers from all over the world. Again, it goes back to that lack of ego. Yeah. You know, that they're, they're involved and they're, you know, just merited. Just completely, yeah. They, they just... Um... I mean, John Wick kind of gets mullered by him at the beginning, doesn't yeah, he? Like, yeah, He really does. He get, he gets a run for his money with uh, a guy that can't see. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Again, there, there's no ego there at all. Um, it's and it's a showcase for Donnie Yen's talents, right? It's yeah. not a showcase for Keanu Reeves' talents at that moment in time. No. And that happens a lot with a lot of the characters in this film, like uh, Bill Skarsgård. Oh yeah, so good! I absolutely loved him in this film. I he really hands it up, doesn't he? But he's so, but he's yeah, great. He's a sort of yeah, this ultimate French villainous kind of cake eating, really posh suit wearing little piss weasel. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, and he gets a chance to really shine in quite a lot of scenes as well. Arguably, even more than John Wick, I think. And sorry, Keanu Reeves. I think like he's very the character of John Wick, despite the title, what the title suggests, is a lot more going on with a lot of different characters that are really fully realised yeah, and fleshed yeah. out, and that just to the films like makes the film so much better. I think there's a lot of action films that have that, don't they? They'll have like a big mm. action star at the centre, yeah. typically like someone that's known just for action films, and the villain will typically be played by someone who's more of a sort of actor in the more sort of traditional sense yes yeah and yeah, that yeah. happens quite a lot doesn't it Tope, yeah, and they always yeah. then you have these fight scenes at the end where you've got like a sort of like thin yeah. older or younger sort of like actor fighting this guy that's built like a brick shit house yeah, and i like yeah. how the film reframed from that as well it did yeah he's just on um, the sidelines isn't he yeah yeah um he gets uh donnie yen's character involved instead um, well, yeah, that's a really good sort of almost subversion of expectations. I yeah. was fully ready for them to have like a proper Western shootout. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, and they didn't. Uh, uh, that speaks to him as a, a kind of horrendous character as well. He's a bit of a coward. I, again, yeah, really yeah. Good, good stuff. Scott Atkins as well, uh, mm. wearing a suit that makes him a bit larger. Yeah, the, ni- the, the nightclub. Yeah. Drenched in rain, even though it's indoors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, phenomenal martial artist. Mm, yeah. I think he was in. I think he started out his acting career in, I want to say, Casualty. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was in Casualty. It's a fairly well-established career trajectory. Yeah. From Casualty to John Wick. Yeah, before. exactly. Yeah, that's where he goes. Yeah. But he's but he's someone that, despite his talents, is seems to sort of be in that straight-to-Netflix, straight-to-DVD sort of terrain. That's where yeah. he operates. Yeah, um, yeah. I just really liked that he was involved in it because he sort of, he he hoaxed it up, perhaps a bit too much. I think so. I think it speaks to the confidence of the franchise to sort of throw him in. Someone who's clearly got talent, yeah, and 
can probably act quite well, but they've just said have fun with it. Uh, yeah, he didn't feel out of place. It was a, a bit much at points. Like I, I did kind of think at moments, although obviously the film doesn't concern itself with logic or gravity that much. Um, well, actually, gravity it, it does, but like log- real world logic doesn't apply in the same way. No. Um, but I did think I was like, if this guy is, you know, built the way he is, uh, he's not going to be able to do this stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's just not. He's he's going to struggle to get up from from his desk a little bit. Like he might need a bit of a hand just even getting up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that was a little bit much. I agree with you in that sense. That it but again, it much. it speaks to that confidence, doesn't it? And I sort of yeah. even if I thought, oh, this is a bit of an odd, odd stylistic choice, a bit of a weird thing to do, uh, I sort of thought. It. Again, you know, yeah. you just find yourself saying that quite a lot in this film. I, uh, do you know what? I, <laughs> I was watching when I went to see the f- film in cinemas. He came on screen. And I was like, "Fucking hell! They've got Alfred Molina in this film." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Oh, wait a minute!" <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, On closer inspection, it's yeah, uh, yeah. Casualty Scott Adkins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, he's in lots of weird films. Like he, he's been in a couple of films with Michael Jai White. Oh, right, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's interesting that he's sort of in this, you know, the action film, I guess, is spearheading that renaissance and also probably encouraging a lot of those companies who operate in that terrain to make those kinds of films yeah, you know, because yeah. it revitalises the market, doesn't it? Completely, yeah. I think this has done done really well so far, I think. Yeah. John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah, uh, uh, Sacre Coeur stairway sequence. I mean, that has got to yeah. be the highlight, hasn't it? It's got to be the sort of tip yeah. of the... I, um, iceberg yeah that <laughs> so I don't great. know what that means but fuck it in terms of like building tension I thought it was amazing like really really yeah like palpable and he's so after I mean go and talk about the, the stairs as well the bit before with the stairs yeah I just yeah. wanted to get out of those stairs <laughs> that's what I mean that yeah. whole stairway sequence is just I mean it's such a good payoff what has already been like an, a, an hour of just like a sort of mm. visual and auditory bombardment yeah. and then you get that and you're just so exhausted by it. Oh, yeah, completely. By the yeah. end, and you've got to go through like 10, 15 minutes. I love that thing, you know, it's that classic sort of film thing when they go, how long has he got? Three minutes. Well, hang on a minute, it's taking him at least 20 minutes to get up the fucking stairs. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I love that. Again, it's that sort of, you know, the subversion of disbelief, which I guess is what the best sort of films always do in any yeah. genre, but it's particularly true of action films that if they can set the rules yeah. and make those rules convincing enough by the way they, they sort of... they portray them or or thread them into their narratives then you know it works yeah Yeah. i mean i also they play fast and loose with how the sunrise how sunrises work yeah yeah (laughs) the sun's rising and just stops for a good like 15 20 minutes just a pink kind of uh, golden hour thing yeah yeah i love that i thought that was um the cherry on top of a ridiculous uh stairway fight sequence which i mean the, the very fact that <laughs> just the the reason I don't know why it made me laugh so much when he just kept falling down those stairs. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's that sort yeah, of yeah. Um, silent era co- comedy element. Completely. I think that peaked yeah. at that that feeling that yeah. what it evoked in in me. It just it sort of just yeah, it was in that <laughs> sequence. But he never he never kind of like brushed his suit off and go and kind of went oh. I have to go all the way back up these yeah, stairs again. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can tell he's actually genuinely annoyed about it. And yeah. he's like, I just want to get out of the fucking top of the sucker curse stairs before sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, uh, leaning slightly towards the one thing that annoyed me, and I don't think it would annoy 
I'm interested to hear what you think. What did you think about the visual effects at the end of the Sacre-Cœur moment with the clearly green screen, in my opinion? Oh, okay. Because my first kind of thought when I watched it, I was like, they're not going to be able to film at Sacre-Cœur. Like, they just can't. <laughs> right, okay. I don't okay. think they can get, like, I think, yeah, they have to up the budget by about 50 million to film there, I think. And then... They got there and I was like, okay, yeah, this is a bloody, this is green screen, man, like green screen central. And the, the very, they wouldn't be able to, they'd have to film over like six weeks of and of sunrises as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah. of course they're going to have to do it in a studio. But there was something about that which took me out of it a little bit. I was like, this looks a bit fake. Did you did you find that or was that just me? Um, I might just be being a... I, no, no, I, I, so obviously your background's, you know, that sort of thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Visual effects and stuff bit, and, yeah. you know, so I think you'll have a keener eye than, than I would or most would for yeah, it. Um, yeah. I sort of see where you're coming from. I didn't notice it at the time necessarily. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think, again, yeah. we talk, you know, the suspension of disbelief, which all those involved with John Wick are so good at maintaining, yeah. perhaps prevented me from thinking, that looks a bit shit. Okay. Uh, but it, it, it's, I think it's also kind of the nature of the beast of the industry. Yeah. Maybe I'm desensitised by it now because I've seen there's so many films where they probably just use it so slyly yeah. or even more overtly that I'm sort of just... Well, I put Yeah, put it this way. I'd rather it be not look 100% and have it be at Sacre-Cœur than have it just be at a, at a church in Montreal or something. Yeah. No, I'd rather yeah, it be yeah, there because yeah. obviously it's a really monumental moment yeah. um, for the franchise, not just the film. And uh, yeah, it had to be there really. I, I don't know. I just I, I was spent ages trawling through like letterboxed reviews earlier. I think like trying to find someone else mentioning the green screen. Okay, nobody did. So this yeah. is a City Boys exclusive. And <laughs> <laughs> um, my opinion of the visual effects work in the last ten minutes of John Wick was ropey at best. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's you know again didn't didn't bother me that much at all. It didn't knock off a star or anything. Like no, that. but it is worth pointing out. I think there is that. The film has this. What I love about it, in terms of, there's always this sort of lofty. The way they use Latin all the time. Yeah, yeah, excommunicado. Yeah, right? yeah, and it's yeah. always tying into these sort of like buildings of like religious or sociocultural significance across yeah. the world. <laughs> and I just love that the, the, the it's so like it's like Dan Brown almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. It really is, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good comparison because it's like. This idea that these people and this way of life is deeply embedded in the sort of formation of human history. Yeah. And I just think it's so fucking stupid. Yeah, but yeah. it just works. Totally. And, the, the, and it's the perfect backdop to what John Wick is doing in these films. Yeah. And it yeah. becomes sort of less clear and less lean and sort of maybe less impactful in the, of what he's trying to achieve yeah, as it yeah. goes on. But it doesn't matter. No, no. And that background stuff, as it grows and becomes and, and sort of almost is characterised, mm. um, so I guess that's probably why they felt they had to put the Sacre-Cœur in at the end. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think it is strange to sort of just, you know, we're in a studio now, you know, after running up all those stairs. And, yeah, which I think were the real stairs. I don't know, but they looked like the actual Sacre-Cœur steps. Um, yeah. But... Interesting to know how they got around that then, if, if it is the case. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know, I, I'm fairly sure that the, um, you know, the bit before uh, the Arc de Triomphe, mm. a fucking amazing bit with the yeah, roundabout yeah, that yeah. went on for ages as well. Uh, that looked like a studio, but that worked a lot better. I feel like the choreography was still there and still kind mm. of palpable and that distracted from it a little I, bit. Well, yeah, there isn't yeah. a great deal of... Uh, choreography in that sequence is it? it's quite a sort of straight laced shootout yeah yeah which yeah. I guess is deliberate 
to yeah. offset the, oh, completely, the, the yeah. sort of carnage of the, la- the sort of preceding hour. Uh, yeah, interesting. I, I don't know, like, I, and then, I mean, spoilers, I mean, you've sat and listened so far, but obviously John Wick dies, I think, on the stairs. Yeah, I mean, his grave end. is at the end, uh, although they didn't show his body or anything. No, and there's already talk of John Wick 5. I'm yeah. not sure if, like, the people associated with it have confirmed that. No. I have to wait till I go to sleep and have another dream. Um, <laughs> I think uh, whilst there's appetite, I don't know if they will actually kill it. I, I, I would fucking admire them if they did and just ended it and left it there. Yeah, man. Um, but it's then a good send-off. Yeah. I thought it was a better send-off than Bond, actually. Oh, really? I've, I've not seen the newest Bond Oh, films. I just spoiled it for you. <laughs> I assumed he would die because oh, I know okay. that they were yeah. going to replace him. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Well, he dies and it's not as good as John Wick 4. Um, there we go. Yeah, there's just something really uh, great about the him just ex- finally exhausting himself yeah. and just finally like letting the violence that has happened to him over the preceding four films just overcome him. He just collapses on the stairs. Yeah, It's yeah. quite a good way to, to it, end the whole be a- thing. Brilliantly ballsy way to end it, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but we know Hollywood, and we know that they probably won't. If the appetite's there, yeah. they'll keep you. And I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. Mm. If they can, because if four is anything, it's a testament to the fact that there's still plenty of life in what they've established. Not yeah. just in terms of the narrative stuff, but the the tone and yeah. But um, I do wonder when it when should it end? And I like the idea that people, you know, that that there are ballsy decisions made and knowing when it it's best to end it yeah seeing what else Keanu Reeves can offer maybe yeah allowing him to you know maybe take a year off and find a new screenplay that might be not action (laughs) yeah something else I know he has done other stuff in the interim but uh, none of it's been as kind of I think he's devoted most of his acting career in recent years to John Wick and John Wick alone yeah 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 yeah. that's that good film great film great film yeah yeah yeah. really enjoyed it better than I I I expected it to be which again we said this in the the, right at the start but I was fully prepared to come out deflated and I'm annoyed at myself for thinking that upon the basis of just how much I enjoyed it yeah I I was I was quite hungover when I went to see it actually because I went to see it on the Sunday after um the other night yeah Um, yeah yeah (laughs) uh yeah we still we still go out yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) spoons, Bedminster two o'clock the the clocks did go back but I know yeah Yeah, that was jarring wasn't it yeah Yeah. (laughs) anyway um (laughs) (laughs) just having a normal conversation now uh but no yeah I saw it when I was hungover and I expected to like slump at the end and I was actually came out feeling a lot better energised yeah yeah totally cool yeah there you go right questing the cinematic Okay then, so uh, that's another one done. Yeah, another one. Episode eleven. Episode eleven in the can. Yeah. Looking onwards or forwards, we were just discussing, funnily enough, that um, we've really been uh, sort of anchored in mainstream yeah. blockbuster cinema for quite a while now, mm. uh, and that's going to stay the same <laughs> yeah. for next week. Uh, we were going to do Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. I- um, no idea what to expect with this Literally, film. Actually, yeah, I've never played the no reverence the tabletop game. game. No, I, I, I like certain fantasy films. Obviously, Lord of the Rings being the obvious choice. But yeah. I don't. I, I'm Willow. Not, yeah, <laughs> do you remember yeah. Willow. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I um, never get excited for them on their own. They have to no. like the word of mouth has to get me geared up for them, really. Um, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to discuss this because I mean early opinion seems quite positive yeah i mean um I, did you ever see the the original dungeons and dragons film? the 2000 one with marlon was it marlon wayans in it <laughs> i think it did yeah yeah, yeah. that is a 
yeah, I think it was on in the background when I was doing something else, and it, it, you <laughs> right. know, it turned my head, so it did something right, I guess. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's what we're going to do. Like we said, you know, we are sort of aware that um, we're we're in deep with the blockbuster stuff at the moment. Yeah. Um, but there's just quite a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. I think um, so. Yeah. Oh, this will be very much for me anyway. It'll be out uh, from the outside looking in. I think. Yeah, and it gives uh, us a chance to talk about fantasy films. Yes. Yeah. It's certainly something that I guess has impacted us quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Obviously being kids of the Lord of the Rings generation. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter, to a yeah. lesser extent for me, but I know for a lot of people that's a big thing. Oh, yeah, I grew up with those. Um, you couldn't couldn't hide from Harry Potter. No, you, you couldn't. couldn't yeah. No. Um, but we will endeavour to look at the smaller films a little bit more because obviously that's that's something we love covering as well, and we feel yeah. like we're not giving them as much love as they probably need. No, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine Dozen Dragons really needs our coverage, but they, you know, three of you only listen anyway. So no. <laughs> uh, we also have a couple of other episodes lined up in the fire, one of which came from a discussion with our beloved Sonny Boy Alfie, mm. who put forward this idea uh, about bloke exploitation cinema. Yeah, <laughs> a term that he coined. Incredible. Which, yeah, just got us really excited straight away. We're getting to talk about films like Green Street, Football yeah, Factory, yeah. Rise of the Foot Soldier. Yeah, like Guy Ritchie stuff. Yeah, um, just this sort of weird, blokey, nuts magazine yeah. world. That yeah. we just sort of, it was the moment he he said it, he sort of came up to us quite tentatively about it, didn't he? Yeah. And I thought, fucking hell, it's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So that is an episode we'll be looking to do, maybe after Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I don't know. I think so, yeah. Maybe before, who knows? Mm. But um, yeah, so probably Dungeons and Dragons, though. Yeah. Next, and then hopefully Black Exploitation, and then hopefully an indie film after that. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bit sick of CGI. Oh, honest. mate, me too. And Dungeons and Dragons looks like it's got a hefty fucking no real dragons. No, it's annoying. Yeah, yeah, bit shit. Yeah. Um, hopefully one day they yeah. might, they might Bring well them back. be a real one. So, yeah. In the meantime, look after yourselves, stay yeah. well, mm. and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. See you later. See you later. Bye. Cheers.